Welcome to the Author Blur Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. Today I'm speaking with Ari Fields, and we're discussing her book that is a guide to help children get an idea of an image of heaven. She's wonderful to talk with. She has more coming, and I'm looking forward to talking with her once those books come out. Now, I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you find her books entertaining and you are buying them, telling other people, just like I'm hoping you're telling people about this show. Because, you know, I love you telling people about my show, about me, even my books, because I am an author too. So anything that you do is helpful. Share, rate, review, all that good stuff. But I would say go to authorblurb.com where you can find all the profiles, all the articles that some of these authors have written for you to read. Go and take your time. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the videos. Enjoy the audio. Whatever you prefer. But while you're having time, look at what the other authors are putting out for you. My goal with this show is to provide you a place to find any author or to find an author that you just are going to love and be able to search that for that next author you want to discover. So thank you for always being here. Thank you for being part of the show. I've found that everything's been growing. The audience seems to be happy, and I'm working to make that a more truer statement as the days go. So that's really all I can say on that front. Now, I hope you enjoy the conversation with Ari as we discuss her child's children's book and all the things that it pertains, how she got into it, and just all the details that I think you're going to be interested in. Personally, I feel that this is going to be a book that I'm going to purchase for my son and daughter. Hopefully, you find it interesting and you want to go out and buy it as well. With that being said, enjoy the show. I'll talk with you soon. Thank you. So, I'm here with Ari Fields, and we're here to discuss her book, What Does Heaven Look Like? Now, as everyone's well aware, it's always better for the author to discuss their books and... I am not going to try to pretend that I can do any better than you. Can you please tell me a bit about yourself, a bit about your book, and then we can go in and discuss it? Yeah. So my name is Ari Fields. I'm married. I have two kids. Um, never thought that I would write a book. <laughs> it was not in my plans. <laughs> Just kind of happened. Um, it's a children's book, and it puts heaven into a more here and now perspective because I feel like you can we can look at heaven as something that's distant and far off and something we have to wait for um, so I tried to bring lessons that I teach my kids into the book to bring right. um, between us and God and us in heaven and the spiritual realm and all that all right and what actually how did you actually start writing a children's book because like I said, it's something you didn't actually plan or think about doing. Yeah. So what was it that got you to actually make it? Well, when I was a teenager, I used to write, like, just silly stories. Um, mm -hmm. But I never thought that I would write any more after that. I never gave it a second thought, especially after having kids. You kind of just, like, throw yourself into that. <laughs> and, I understand. Uh, yeah, so... I, I don't know. I just kind of felt like I need to get my identity back a little bit and do things that I used to do before I had kids. And so I just kept feeling like, oh, I should write a book. And I just thought, well, I wouldn't even know what to write. But I have kids and I don't like the way that 
things are going right now in the world. And I want to give them pure, innocent content that I don't have to worry about. So I thought, well, I would just make it for them. So All I started right. and um, I, I didn't really know what to write about at first. And then I just thought, well, you know, what's something that I teach my kids on a daily basis? I teach them about God. I, I teach them about their spiritual walk. So I just kind of wanted to nurture that and feed into that. So then I just started writing this book about what does heaven look like? But it's not about heaven, the place, like, because no, I don't, you know, obviously I don't know what heaven looks like, but it's right. about how, how do you find heaven here on earth? How do you see heaven all around you? And how do you close that gap between you and God, you and heaven? Um, you know, those are things that I teach my kids. So I wanted to write it and publish it for my kids, but also for other children, too. Okay. Now, when you started writing it, where, or actually, where does the story kind of start with? Is it, I understand it's a children's book, and children's book can lead into kids doing stuff, animals doing stuff. What is your book? What's the basis of your story? Is it children running around, adults? What is the situation? It's actually a little uh, guinea pig family, because we had guinea pigs at the time when I wrote it. <laughs> right. and, yeah, so they were my inspiration for my characters. So it's a little guinea pig family, and it's a guinea pig mama tucking her two babies into bed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I've gotten this question before from my kids. Hey, what does heaven look like? So that's what's happening. She's tucking her kids into bed, and one of them asks, what does heaven look like? And we can't really give that description because we've never seen it. So we just give the best that we can. And so she goes into putting heaven into a more here and now perspective of, Examples like heaven looks like love, and it goes into um, kind of teaching and explaining whenever we give love or show love to other people, we're also showing them heaven. We're showing them a glimpse of what heaven looks like, and heaven looks like joy. So whenever you're laughing and playing in the other room, I'm getting a glimpse into heaven from your joy. So it comes right. both scenarios like that. Well, that sounds very nice. Now, what age group did you write these for? Because there's a wide range of kid, children's book. And I know with my son, I bought one bedtime story book that I didn't look on the interior of it to realize it was for older kids. But then you have the ones that are more picture book oriented. What age group did you kind of focus your book towards? I get that question a lot. And I'm you know, this is my first time writing, so maybe I didn't think that one through very logically, I guess, because I didn't have, like, a specific age group in mind when I wrote it. I mean, I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, mm -hmm. so I, I wrote it around, a little bit around their age group, um, but really I wrote it as a book that a parent or a guardian would sit down and read to their child, not like their child reading it by themselves, which my seven and nine year old can read it easily by themselves. But I really wrote it with the intention of making, creating those moments together as a family where you sit down and you read the bedtime story to your kid, you know? And so I feel like my nine year old, he, he enjoys it. I feel like he's getting to the age where he's getting a little too old for it. Um, right. old, I feel like it's a great category for his age. All right. Now, since you have your target audience in your house trapped, yeah. <laughs> because so how do they respond to your book? 
they think it's really cool. I don't think they understand exactly what all went into making this happen. I don't think they get like, not everybody does this. <laughs> not right. everybody does a book. Like this is kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but they do think it's cool and they like to read it. They like me to read it to them. We kind of keep it on the shelf as like a look at it kind of thing most of the time because I'm proud of it. I like to display it and I like to have it there. When my family comes over, they can see it. But some of my family, they don't have a copy. So when they come to my house, they can read it for themselves. So All right. boy, and they think it's cool. They tell their friends, oh, my mom wrote a book. So. Oh, nice. So what, I guess, where do you plan on going? Is this going to be a one-time thing for you? Or are you planning on writing more in the series? Um, no, I definitely have more planned. Um, I, I don't want to call anything I'm doing religious because mm -hmm. I don't want to preach to the choir and I don't want to limit it to like a specific group of people. I want it to be available to all children. So there are some things that I'll do in the future that, you know, this one, obviously you can read the title and it gives a religious, you know, genre right. to it, but there's some in the future that I'll do that won't have anything to do with religion or heaven, but it'll still have those characteristics of God's nature and God's heart that I'm hoping to plant and instill into every reader, every home that purchases my things, my books. All right. Now, I personally have taken some time and I've researched on making a children's book and all this. And like I have probably a seven book series lined up whenever I get time because as you know, being a parent and everything else, time is limited. But when work, I, one thing I've discovered in my research is working with a illustrator or having somebody try to draw what you're thinking. I I haven't found an illustrator I thought matched what I wanted just because the image I had in my head for my children's book concept. Yeah. How did you go about? finding somebody and working with that person to get your image, get your idea onto the page. I'm really glad you asked that because I was actually just thinking that before you asked it. I was like, oh, I need to mention. Um, <laughs> so I had this app called Thumbtack. Mm -hmm. Literally just like any random job that you could possibly think of. If you need someone to paint your house, like you can find someone on there. So I got on there looking for an illustrator. And I found this girl. Her name is uh, Janine Corcoran. And she was phenomenal. I mean, it, that was the coolest part of the whole process was bringing this creation to life, put in a visual behind what's in my mind. Like that was seriously so cool to me. I would freak out every time she would send me an illustration. I was like, that is exactly what was in my mind. And you just pulled it out and made it a piece of art. Like, that's amazing. So she was she was so, so good to work with. Like she was very friendly. She was very um, like she went out of her way. There was one there was one night we stayed up till like 12 at night <laughs> all through the phone. Like we had to do everything over the phone. I never met her in person, but we stayed up till like midnight trying to get the formatting right because she illustrated and also formatted my book. Okay. So we stayed up so late trying to get everything right. It kept rejecting files, rejecting files, and she just redo it, redo it, and like reformat. And she was so, so amazing. All right. Well, that sounds interesting because, like I said, I know just finding that person, it sounds you got lucky. They, 
she was working really closely with you. So what what made you, you said you had guinea pigs when you first started writing it. Yeah. So what does the story kind of lead through? Is there certain scenes that really stuck out to you? Is there certain things of your story that you feel is more relevant in the story for kids? Um, I wouldn't say there's one that sticks out more than the other. I just, I feel like it's kind of like a little, a tiny guide for kids Mm -hmm. on what heaven looks like on this side of earth, but also how, uh, like there's one page. Let me read this page really quick because I feel like this kind of sums it up in a nutshell. All right. So it says, this is towards the end of the book. So she's back in the room, tucking her kids into bed. And it says, Heaven is a place, but God loves his kids so much, he shows heaven all around us to see and hear and touch. He made our heart his home, and it delights our Father to use us to show heaven to the world by shining himself through us. I feel like that is, in a nutshell, what I'm trying to get across to kids, what I'm trying to teach or, you know, instill, whatever you want to call it, is that when you're a Christian, when you have Jesus in your heart, He tore the veil and Mm -hmm. you don't have to wait for heaven. He brings heaven to earth, but it doesn't quite look the same, but you can still find it here. That makes sense. (laughs) It does. So now it sounds like it's focused towards Christianity. And do you, so there's multiple dominate or denominations of Christianity. Did you focus it on Christianity as a whole or did you narrow it down to a specific denomination? No, not not any specific denomination. Honestly, I don't even know what denomination you would call me <laughs> as a Christian because I'm not I don't have religion. Like I don't have a religious spirit, I guess if you want to call it that. Like I don't, I don't know. I just believe that it's more of a relationship. Than mm-hmm. a relationship. Once you have that intimacy and that one-on-one personal relationship, it's hard to even make it a religion. It's just like, that's my dad. He's the rad dad. I love him. He loves me. We're close. We talk. We un, like, and that's, I don't know if that has a denomination, but that's, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you had to label it, it would probably be not, um, what is it called? Like Pentecostal, maybe? Not like a Pentecostal where they, you know, wear the long skirts, but like holy rollers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the people that they jokingly say handle the snakes, like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, Carmen, I can't think of what those people are. Yeah, I've heard of them, never actually saw one of the snake handlers before no, myself. Never, but. <laughs> <laughs> Some people think that really happens, but I've never seen it. <laughs> right. So, all right. So, do you have, um, you said you have some other ideas. Do you have timelines of what you're planning on doing with with um, the future projects? Or do you have anything that you're seeing that you have planned out for your next few books? So, I have projects that are finished, like on my laptop, but mm-hmm. I have no timeline of when I'll start the process of getting them illustrated and then publishing them. I'm just kind of letting this one breathe a little bit because it was a, a roller coaster getting it <laughs> up and going. Right. And so I, I kind of want to break <laughs> and not like, you know, also it's financially 
a lot, so I'm just going to wait a while before I release another one. Oh, understandable. Like I said, I looked into it, and an illustrator is not a cheap person to work with at times. No. no. <laughs> so with that, what, I guess, what really, I'm trying to think of how to phrase my question to where it makes sense. So when you're writing, are you planning all of it out, or do you, like, have a film running through your head on this? What makes you draw? How do you go through your story when you're writing it? Um, I would say some, like, something that I'm working on right now. I kind of had, like, a film in my head. Um, with this particular book, What Does Heaven Look Like? I just sat down with my computer and just thought, like, okay, I'm tucking my kids into bed. I read them stories often. What is mm -hmm. something? that I would like to see on the shelf that I would buy for my kids to read to them at bedtime. All and right. I, and I just kind of went from there. And I just wrote from my own mother's perspective of what I want to see on the shelf. All right. Now, with that, did you actually, I guess, when you wrote it, I know you ended up self-publishing yourself too, correct? Yeah. Did you consider any other route or did you just want to have full control so you decided to go self-publishing what was your reasoning behind that well i did think about going with this one uh publisher i'm not mm -hmm. gonna was but first of all it was a lot more expensive and <laughs> you don't have control over where it goes who it's sold to like they kind of have their own list you know mm -hmm. and you don't get to have a say in that um also once i checked more into their website and i saw like the books that they already had published and were selling it just was not it was not my taste it was like dark they had a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that i wouldn't let my kids look at <laughs> so i didn't want to partner with them so i just thought okay well i'll just do it on my own had no clue what i was doing i just <laughs> learned as i went <laughs> definitely understandable i know just from self-publishing it's a rocky roller coaster at the beginning so but from I follow you online, and from watching you online, you seem to have pretty good traction with the book. What kind of feedback are you getting from people out there in the world? Um, it's been really good, and honestly, the most surprising feedback I've gotten, I've had several people tell me that they lost a child um, at a young age or in miscarriage or something like that, and they read this book to their siblings, and it was a really... Uh, a good tool for like healing for the siblings to feel like the the baby or the child that passed was closer. And that was shocking to me. I did not at all expect that. I didn't see that coming at all. Like that that made me cry when I got the first person that told me that. And then I had like six people after her tell me and I was just like, what in the world? Like that that my art is doing something like that is Yeah, that's I wouldn't have actually expected that. That's Sounds very powerful. Yeah, and it's like, it's such a little, simple book. There's nothing, like, super profound or powerful behind it. Like, it wasn't like a, you know, it's only like 18 pages or something. <laughs> 22, I think, if you count, like, all the pages. But it's it's just a little book, and I did not expect to hear feedback like that. I also had a friend whose mom passed away recently. Mm -hmm. um, he got the book for her son. Her son is about six. And she said it has really helped him with his grieving process of his grandma to feel like she's closer or he's he's just looking at heaven in a different 
perspective and it just feels a little closer. It's like, like I said, I wrote it with the intention of closing a gap and I feel like it's doing that. And that's, that's all I could want. That's awesome. Well, that does sound awesome. That sounds like you're making a difference with your book. You're helping people find guidance in different ways, which some people have problems finding in the beginning. So I'm trying to think of what, sorry, the, one of the cats were surprising me with <laughs> all sorts of animals around. But yeah. I'm surprised with, my dog is sleeping right now. Like, usually he's a nutcase. Oh, well, I understand. <laughs> if it's not kids, it's pets and always yeah. a full day one way or another. Yeah. So with that, where do you bring, where do you advertise? Where do you have your book at? Where do you put it? Since you said that the publishers you've looked at, they don't have... They have a specific place they put the books out to. Where do people find your books? So you can find my book on Amazon and also Barnes & Noble. Those are the two, like, biggest websites you can find it on. If you Google it, though, I found it on just, like, little, littler websites like Books A Million and several other places like that. But the main places that I send people to are Amazon or Barnes and Noble. I understand people have like an issue with Amazon and I completely get it. But I feel like a lot of people still would prefer to buy through Amazon because they have Prime or whatever. But Mm -hmm. people who are opposed to Amazon, you can go to Barnes and Noble and buy it there. And also, um, until December 31st, a dollar from every copy will go to Operation Underground Railroad. They are a boots-on-the-ground operation at helping fight and end sex trafficking, mainly kids who are sex trafficked. So All that right. is super, super important to me that I want to be a part of helping end that. I understand. Now, most likely this show will probably go out towards the closer to the end of December, but it sounds like still a good organization that people should look into. Yeah, absolutely. How did, how did you team up with them? Well, I'm not like teamed up with them. I just, I learned about their organization uh, back in 2020, like when COVID first hit. I don't even know how I came across them. I think I saw them on Instagram, started following them. And the the guy who started it, his name's Tim Ballard. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, from what I've watched and heard of him, seems like an amazing person. So I started following them. I started donating to them personally. And I follow them on Instagram and I see videos all the time that they post where they make arrests of these pedophile rings that are trafficking children. And um, so I just really wanted to give back in a way. Um, I just wanted to give back to them because, you know, if I have this book and I'm able to give more than I'm personally giving now, then I want to. Well, sounds good. So, I mean, it sounds like you have a plan for the future. You have a, well organized and a good book in front of you now what i mean what do you really want people to know about your book before we kind of wrap things up do you have something you feel something that people will grasp from your book or something that says this is why you should go out and buy it besides you have a kid go get my book yeah right well my i don't know if you want to call it series or um whatever but it's called sprouting eden so Mm -hmm. i guess little golden book series it's like like that except it's called sprouting eden and i came up with that name because my mission with any book or art that i do or put out is to i look at each 
each work as like a seed as you're planting a seed mm-hmm. and I'm trying to plant seeds of not just heaven, but seeds of God's heart into children and into homes and to families. So I feel like that's, you know, that's the main purpose with this book. And that's the main purpose with anything that I do in the future is I'm trying to plant seeds of Eden, you know, into into homes. I want to bring the nature and the heart of God to the forefront, because especially right now when we have so much filth going on and shoved in our kids' faces. I mean, just the other day we were watching TV and we we don't even have cable because I don't trust commercials, Mm -hmm. Um, but we have Hulu and there was an ad on Hulu and at the very, very last second, it didn't even have to be put in there, but the last second they threw something just filthy in front of my kid's face that they had never seen before. So then a lot of questions came and I was like, this is just, this is everywhere. This is everywhere. And it just makes me so upset. And so I want to create content that I want for my kids. If I can't find it, if I can't buy it, I'm going to create it. And it's not just for my kids. It's for all children, all families, all homes that Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, plant these seeds of goodness, of life and love and light and purity. Just, yeah, it sounds so (laughs) <laughs> it does sound simple, and sometimes the simplest thing's the best thing. Yeah. So, with this, ser- you said your series, Sprouting Eden. You're going. Do you have like a list of values? Say, because you originally at the beginning said you weren't going to be re- have religion throughout everything. Right. But are you going to be using? It sounds like a core set of values to be running through your books. Yeah. Do you so, have like a? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just. Honestly, it just comes down to the core nature of God. And mm-hmm. his nature is purity. His nature is goodness and love and joy and peace and light and life and life abundant. So, yes, those are the core values that I'm trying to bring to my audience. You know, um, yep. just like I said, planting a seed. I'm trying to plant those seeds into the readers. Um, like I have... I have a project coming up in the future. Like I said, I don't know when it will be released, but mm-hmm. it's going to be like um, a kid version affirmation book. Um, you know, like I'm good. I'm loved. I am cherished. I'm wanted like things that are truths. I just want right. truth over into our children, their identity, their identity is found in the truth of God, who he says they are. So those are the values, that's the core of everything that I'm going to write is coming from that heart, that that place of God's spoken identity over you and who he is as a father. All right. And that sounds great. And it sounds like something that I'll probably be buying for my kids as well. So <laughs> I appreciate you being here. What yeah. I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that everyone's well aware that all the information you've given me is in the show notes below here as well as on the profile I have for you at authorblurb.com. So where is the best place for somebody to reach out if they want to ask you questions, if they want to say what your book meant to them? Where do you want them to go to find you? Truth Social. That's really the only social media that I'm using right now is Truth Social. And you can find me at Sprouting Eden. All right. Field, Sprouting Eden. Sounds perfect. So with that being said, Thank you again for being here. I appreciate your time. (laughs) That was interesting.
Oh, uh, it was definitely fun. And I'm going to definitely need you to come back when your next book comes out so we can discuss that as yep. well. So with that being said, this is going to be the end of the conversation for everybody else. If you can hold on for me just for a moment, we'll yeah. keep talking a bit more. Okay. I'm glad you made it this far to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed it because that's what it's all about. I'd also like to suggest that you take the time and go find the other authors that are here. Find that author that you're going to love and you're going to want to share. It's all about the authors and that's why I'm here. Now, if you enjoy the show, I'd like to ask you to do me a favor. If you think it's worth it, go to the website, authorblurb.com. You can donate money, donate crypto, buy me a cup of coffee, things like that that helps me support keeping the show going. Right now, I don't do anything to try to delay, add, distract you. Everything's out of my pocket and everything is meant to make authors be able to grow their audience and grow your attention. So as always, thank you for being here. I hope you come back for the next show. And again, take the time, explore authorblurb.com. There's a lot there that you will be very happy to take the time to enjoy. And as final note, rate, review, shoot me an email through authorblurb.com. That way you can at least let me know what you think. I'm happy to always hear, see reviews and hear what you think. Thank you. Have a good day.